You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, down on Classen today with Mr. Bruce Waite. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to share this awesome story, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate it. Not a problem at all, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we're down at Rooted. So Rooted, you know, is a barber's shop. Um, and just kind of diving a little bit about your story, you know, you got on the window, it's cut, cuts and culture, right. you know, and I'm sure we're going to dive into all that just of everything that you do and everything that separates Rooted from every other barbershop in town. Um, but take us back, you know, like, where did you grow up? What? Okay. Yeah, definitely. I'll take you all the way back. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm uh, originally from San Antonio, Texas. My family um, derives from Belize, Central America. Matter of fact, I hear your accent. Belize was uh, just gained, well, gained their independence, I believe, in 1986 from England. Mm-hmm. So that was a country that was uh, my family was kind of you know f- familiar with with people on, on that side of the world. Um, but my family's from Belize, so I would spend my childhood summers there. Um, so I, I have a lot of great stories about that, but we probably can't go that, that far <laughs> back. Um, but originally from you know grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Moved to Oklahoma maybe 20 years ago or so. Um, and as far as you know barbering. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the craft, you know, um, this whole industry, I mean, it's something that I've, I've always wanted to do um, since I was young. And right out of high school, I planned to open up a barbershop. Uh, but I had a kid and, you know, too too young, and so kind of just went right to work yeah. and didn't really give it an opportunity to follow my dream. So when I got close to turning 30, I was like, man, if I, you know, the whole time I was trying to do like, um, in, in barbering, you could like either go to school or you could do like an apprenticeship program. And so throughout my 20s, I was always, you know, um, kind of bugging one one gentleman to, to do an apprenticeship program for me. Um, but he, he wouldn't. He would always, you know, tell me no and, and refuse my, my offer. And so when I, when I was getting ready to turn 30, I, I just decided, okay, I need to go to school, you know, for, for barbering, or I'm not, I'm never gonna do it. And it's just a fun, funny story. And um, and so anyway, I had throughout my twenties, I had also kind of checked out local barber colleges in, in the area. I didn't really like any of them. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I would gain the type of skills that that I because there's there's so many levels to to this industry, you know. And so I wanted to, you know, um, focus on one one end of it. And so uh, finally, a school opened. Opened up and I went to I went to check it out, and the gentleman that was um, uh, teaching the courses, the the instructor was the same gentleman that I had been asking, you know, all all throughout my twenties to, to teach me how to cut hair, and so this time he couldn't refuse me, yeah. and so I I finally went went to school. Um, I have two boys, so during that I, I raised two boys and uh, went to school uh, part time. I worked full time. It took me a while. It usually takes about a year, 11 months. You know, if you're going full-time, it took me like 16 months. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I had to kind of go, I had to take take it easy. Um, but so I've been barbering for about 11 years now. Um, let's see. I own a brick-and-mortar called Rooted. I own a mobile barbershop called En Route. 
um, which kind of changed changed Oklahoma. You know, that was like something I had to, you know, really really work at. Um, I just opened up a barbershop um, inside of a homeless shelter. Uh-huh. It's it's rooted, so it's it's. It's an addition to this barbershop, so it's like a second location, um, but it's inside of a homeless shelter called the Homeless Alliance, and so it's like a volunteer-based program that I work out of there. We got a great uh, sponsorship from Subaru, from Balmore Subaru, Um, and so we we were able to to use that... Sponsorship to do the build-out prop, you know, process of it. So I'm really proud of that, man. I, I do a lot of volunteer work. I do a lot of um, community work, and so you know that was real, like a huge accomplishment, you know, for me. I mean, I've done a lot of things, but that one to just be able to set something in motion um, that would be, you know, consistent, you know, and reliable, and and so and and just in a giving back way. I think sometimes we give back, you know, people, you know, during Christmas season and stuff like that. They'll yeah, give it's back. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, maybe once a year, twice a year, something, you know, um, go work a, a food line or something like that. You know, a lot of people take their kids to try to humble their kids a mm-hmm. little bit to do stuff like that. But I want to do something that would be more permanent. Um, the Homeless Alliance is a great organization, man. They 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 do a lot, and I've always worked with them. So. Um, that was a big thing. Other than that, I mean, just really trying to um, understand barbering. I'm also I also sit on the the barbering cosmetology board. Okay. So, so that's a state organization. Um, and just recently, a lot of people don't don't know this yet. But recently, I just got back from a conference, and that was a barber board, a national bar. It's called NABA. So it's um. National Association of Barber Boards of America is what NABA stands for. And so I just actually was nominated to get on that board and, and got on that board oh, as nice. well. So I'm a Congrats. third, thank, thank, thank you. I'm a third vice uh, president on that board. And it's a rotation kind of system. So um, on my fourth year on that board, I'll serve as president. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited about that yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah. That's kind of the rundown, all the stuff that, you know, that, that I've been doing, um, where I come from. So, yeah. Yeah. So, growing up, like, in San Antonio, do you have brothers and sisters? I have one one sibling, older, uh, yeah. older guy, yeah. So, it was kind of like barbering kind of in the family, or was it just something you just kind of were drawn to? Like, did you do it as a kid growing up? Yeah, no, I think for, for me, man, it, it's not, I don't know if I have any other barbers in my family. I do have, you know, like on my father's side of the family, I think it's more like the artistic Side the culture of, side yeah, of the, the music side. and everything else. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, but but not any barbers. I mean, a lot of artists, just a lot of, you know, artists, singers, um, painters, you know, um, just, I, you know, I could seek, um, you know, fashion design, stuff, stuff like that in, in that, you know, kind of arena. I feel like it's one big arena, you know, yeah. and it, it, you know, barbering kind of goes in, into a, a lot of that as well. Hence why we do, we have an artist in residency program, you know, here. Um, and so, uh, but no, it, I, I think for me personally, it was just like that first experience, you know, getting that, that first real haircut, you know, um, and it just, I mean, it just, I knew right then that's what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, and so it's pretty cool. I mean, and I've wanted to do other things, you know, throughout the, the, the years, but, you know, when I when I think about what I really wanted to do, it has always been, you know, cutting hair and being a barber. And, it, and I think most people that, that look at this industry, you know, um, 
and who who wants to be like a barber, they they just think about just that, you know, just cutting hair. They don't think about anything else, any other aspects of, of a business. I mean, it's a business. You're an entrepreneur, you know, if you're choosing to. And, unless, you, unless you work for someone, you know, unless you do like mm-hmm. a, um, oh, like a um, franchise, right, and you're working for someone. But I think most people in this industry do it because they want to work for themselves. You know, a lot of your people that you see working, um, those franchise businesses are usually... Um, Afraid to do it, you know. Afraid to mm-hmm. to take take that leap of faith, I guess, and go out on their own, or they're just not in a position. You know, when guys first, you know, guys and girls first come out, they may not have a clientele base right. to support their their living, and so you know they they go into to that end of it. But me, I always want to be an entrepreneur. I always want to be my own boss. Okay. So yeah. What do you remember about like that first experience? Is that is that place still there? No, man, it's not. It's not. Um, it was a friend that my brother took took me to, and um, and it wasn't even you know it wasn't even a, a, a um, I'm not sure if he worked in in a barber shop, um, but we went to to his house. I think he was a barber. Yeah. But he lived so close by, we just kind of walked walked over there, um, and uh, I think it was just the feeling that that I got, you know, just that feeling. Um, you know, uh, I guess, I don't know if it set off the endorphins or what, yeah. man, but I just, you know, I think that's what it is. And to this day, I see it. You know, I see I see what a, a haircut does for, for, you know, individuals and how it makes them feel. You know, they don't really even have to tell me. You know, I could just see it. It's written all, all, all Yeah, it's like place, a reset, so. isn't it? Like, yeah. when you walk out of a barbershop, it's like, mm-hmm. I feel it's a reset. Right. You just walk out, your shoulders yeah. are back, you know, yeah, your chin's yeah. up. It's I'm sure you see that every day walking out of this place. Oh, and yeah. definitely with, you know... I can't imagine what it does to people down at the homeless alliance. Oh man, I you know, and and it's so. I think you know when I when I talk about the homeless alliance and um, and what we did down down there even before. So even with like my, my mobile, I would take my mobile down there mm-hmm. and do cuts out of that. But even before that, I would um, just go volunteer. So they had like a makeshift little room in there with a little mm-hmm. little raggedy you know barber chair in there, man. And it, you know it, it 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 served its purpose, but I. I could see a bigger picture, you know, a better, I had a better vision, yeah. you know, and sometimes that's what it takes, you know, um, just a bigger vision to be able to see something that could be greater out of, right. I, I hear a lot of friends, like a lot of you say you were um, in, in realty and I can, you know, I have friends that could see like a piece of property or something, man, and they can already see what the house is going to look like after, you know, when they get right. ready to do a flip, you know, they can see and I'm looking at the house like, man, what are we going to, you know. <laughs> Why are you buying yeah, this? <laughs> how are you going to do this, man? Like, And so that's kind of what it was for this for this um, room. It was actually a multi-purpose room that, that they had. And it was, um, they used it for like a mail room mm-hmm. um, where they, they gave out like... Um, um, toiletries out of that room so if someone needed you know like medicine like over the counter stuff or you know women needed women products stuff right. like that yeah. and then um, and then there was also um, a closet like a like a like where, where they kept stuff so you know someone yeah. needed socks or underwear um, but uh, for though you know I always tell people man for for a like when I go down there I, it's mostly adults right yeah. Sometimes in the summer you'll you'll see whole families, kids, but for the most part it's adults. And I think sometimes 
we may, and this is just me speaking, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I feel like we may look at adults and say, okay, well, you had an opportunity. You know, you uh, you messed your life up or you you made the choices to, you know, we start kind of putting blame. And, and, and I really feel like that's because these are people that are grown, that are either have gone through something or are still, you know, dealing with something, whether that be mental, you know, issues, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever it is. But I don't see them like that, man. I just see somebody that needs some help, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, I have a motto I always use, and I say, you know, if you if you um, if you want to give back, but you don't have like the fun, like the you know financial means to really give back. Um, you don't have the money, essentially, but you have a skill, then you should use your skill to mm-hmm. give back, yeah. right? And that's your time. Time is money, I mean, at the end of the day. Right. So, you know, if you look at it like that, but I think you get more of a joy, you know, you get more of a satisfaction and an understanding of giving back with your time and with your effort, you know. So, but man, it's, it, it, you know, I, I love going down there. I haven't been down in a while, but I do have, like like I said, it's, a, it's called the Hair Collaborative is the program. So if, if you if anyone's mm-hmm. you know interested, um, and it's just basically you know I, I set up it looks just like this. So if you look around, it looks just like rooted. But just imagine like just two chairs yeah. like this, just two two of these stations, but like literally the exact same setup. And um, and so we we have a, a wash bowl. So if they if they need a shampoo, um, we could do that as well. And it's just man, it's just an opportunity. I I, I really just wanted because I was getting so busy. Right. And I didn't want to abandon the idea of not really just kind of leaving that, man. It was just real heavy on my heart. Like, man, I'm getting busy. I can't get down here like I used to. You know, I can't get my mobile down here, you know, like I used to. Um, You know, what can I do? Do I just leave it alone and just say, okay, good luck? Or do I do something about it? And so that's where the hair collaborative came in after just, you know, thinking on it and pondering for a a few weeks, man. I was like, oh, I just. I'll just put a barbershop inside of here. I'll create a pro. I'll get people down here to volunteer. Yeah. And that's just what I did. And so now we have um, two barber schools that are on board that goes down there and volunteers and probably about a dozen individuals that volunteer throughout the month. Now, they were probably seeing somebody, man, probably once a month, maybe, if that, mm. once every other month. Now we have people going in there to... I believe right now it's been a consistent basis of about two times a week. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really the program is, is really working out. It's not a nonprofit, so I I don't know if I wanna I, I you know if I wanna try to tackle that, but yeah, you know, um it hasn't really cost us a lot of money to keep it running. So, um, you know, any type of donations or anything like that, anybody wanna reach out that wanna volunteer or donate or sponsor. You know, you know, supplies, things like that, man. Mm-hmm. That'd be wonderful. You can just contact me, and and I'll, I'll get it set yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned you had the mobile down there before you had the room. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. You know, because that's kind of a whole thing in itself. You know, like I said before we started recording, the you know you had to go through all this legislation and stuff to right. have that done in the state. So right. how did uh, that come about? Man, the the mobile was a trendsetter, man. In, in Oklahoma, it's not new. You know, across the country, right. Um, in fact, I just got back from a, a national barber board uh, meeting um, uh, conference in a lot of the different states. So it's multiple states that, you know, come together. And these are the, 
these are the boards of each state. So these are the you know regulatory boards. Yeah. And uh, and so we we go over a lot of things like laws and rules and you know you know statutes things things like that. And and a lot of a lot of those um, boards, man, they're not happy about seeing mobile <laughs> <laughs> seeing mobile units come come to their state. And so you know I had to kind of just. Well, why? You know, yeah. ask this question. Well, let, let me answer some some of those questions. So I'm really proud that Oklahoma as a state in the barber industry, man, we're, we're really um, progressive thinkers, you know. Um, and so it, it initially it wasn't legal. So that the thing for me that um, that that I want to do with the mobile is um, thinking about creating it. I had a client that was ill, that, that was sick. He was in the hospital for like six months. Um, he ended up passing away, but um, I would go to the hospital. He's kind of like a, a mentor. Yeah. So I would go to the hospital and visit and just talk to him, and eventually he needed a haircut. And, and so, you know, I would, I would take my clippers to the hospital room and cut his hair. Man, he just complained and was, you know, just, he just missed the barbershop. You know, he's yeah. like, man, I, I wish I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm so happy that you're giving me a haircut and it looks great, but I missed, you know, he just expressed all the things that go on, all the all the community that's happening inside the shop that, that he really was missing out on. It was a part of his life, you know, it was a part of his, it was a part of his routine. I think sometimes because we're in it. You know, we're we're in the barbershop and we're we're working it. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't understand that that a lot of us don't and I think that's why a lot of, you know, barbershop owners treat their barbershops the way they do and treat their employees and the or not employees, but the other barbers, you know, the staff I like to call mine staff members and the and the staff members treat it the way they treat it because they don't really understand this is community. Right. You know, this is truly the cornerstone of the community. And 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 um, he just made me realize that in a deeper sense. But it made me want to, at the same time, it made me want to do something. So I just backtracked just a little bit. When I, I first saw a mobile barbershop, I was actually in the Bahamas yeah. on a vacation. And I was, I was um, my um, now fiance and I, we were just, you know, dating at the time. We were walking down the beach, getting ready to go to dinner. And I see these guys pull up, pull like this horse trailer up. And I'm just thinking, oh, they're probably gonna, you know, horseback people up and down the beach, you know, make some money. So we go, we we go to dinner, we come back, and the trailer is still out there, man, like literally like a 16 foot trailer, you know, out there on the beach. And I'm like, man, what is this, you know? So I walk up to it, and it was a it was a mobile barbershop, man. And I was just taken back, you know, as a bar, I was like, oh man, this is genius, you know, yeah. Bahamas, it's it's beautiful outside. You don't need any, you know, any air conditioning, none none of that stuff, man. And so. I uh, that was the first time I had ever seen anything like that. So then I, now I fast forward maybe maybe like a year and a half later is when my client got sick, you know. And um, so that visit, those visits to the hospital is what made me think yeah. about the Bahamas. And I was like, man, what if I, you know, can build a mobile um, a shop and I just bring it up here and at least he'll get the, you know. I was just thinking like that. I wasn't even thinking on the level of, you know. A wise, like I didn't even have a vision. I just, I just wanted to help someone, you know. And that's kind of how the mobile came about. And so um, that started the research, and it wasn't legal. And and so at the, the barber board that I sit on now, at the time I wasn't on that board. 
And so I had to go to them and do some PowerPoints and presentations and things like that. And I convinced them to go ahead and they wrote it into law. Um, and then I had to wait until, you know, how law works, I think, like, towards no- November yeah. when they start, you know, voting on things, on bills and stuff like like that. Um, so I I, I, um, I take the credit for, for that, man, because, you know, that part of it is legislation. Um I always when I when I got it going and I got it out there and I would be out and about doing my thing, man, and I would see people and they would say, Man, I thought about doing that. You know, I thought man yeah. years ago, you know, ten ten years ago, man, I thought about doing that and I and I said, Well, why didn't you do it? You know, but then I stopped asking that question. I stopped asking why didn't you do it because I I knew why they didn't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't they 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 didn't do what I had to do. You know, and that's why I take the credit for that. Like that's if it's one, if it's a, I'm not the type to be like, man, but I like I, I changed legislation, I changed laws to give everybody an opportunity right. um, to open up a mobile barbershop because it's a cool business. It's a different aspect to barber, and it's and it's the feet like it's coming. Like I did it on a large scale, so I have a. 27 foot trailer it's a 1960 uh airstream yeah. trailer if you don't know what that looks like like a big big silver bullet yeah and i my uncle and i um built it ourselves converted it was an actual mobile you know unit of uh, a mo- mobile home so we gutted it out transformed it um into what it is now rooted um and uh and a, a large part of going into that was the volunteer work. You know, my client that I wanted to, you know, he never got to see it, man. He passed away like about three months before I finished building it. So that was kind of yeah. sad. You know, I really wanted him to see it. Um, but um, but I always let people know that it was him. You know, his name was um, Mr. Percy Major. And so I always, that was like, the, that was like the, the inspiration behind it, even though I was able to do bigger things with it. Um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have even thought back to the Bahamas right. to even say, man, I want to do this. You know, it wasn't about making money or helping the homeless. For me, it was just this one man that I wanted to help that I appreciated, you know, in my life. And so, um, but I take that credit because where everybody else stopped, I continued right. on, man, and I made it happen. So, you know, and I had a lot of help. I mean, you know, my, my fiancé, you know, help is, is always there to, you know, push me and su- support me. And so, but it's a big thing. So every now and then I pull it out, yeah. you know. I, I miss it sometimes. And um, so every now and then I go do, like, like an event or something, some type of charity work or something mm-hmm. with it, yeah. Yeah. So where is it just parked up right it's now? It's just parked up, man. It's just yeah. I, I keep it in the storage, yeah. So okay. it's just I, I go I go check on it, you know, every every month or so, and just yeah. make sure everything is there and, and all to you know all together. Right. So how how long was it between like you know using the airstream traveling around? Did you have like a specific route? Yeah. Or so, like, how yeah. Did that work? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we had it. Um, we did uh, a regular what I like call like a barber work, yeah. work week, Tuesday through Saturday. And um, each day we had a different location, but the weeks were the same. So every Tuesday okay. was the same. Yeah. Every Wednesday was the same. Um, but it was cool. And I'll tell you something, man. The the we I did it for a little over a year before I found the brick and mortar that we're sitting in now, that mm-hmm. which is Rooted. So Rooted is a spinoff from En Route. Yeah. Um, it's spelled the same way. So En Route is E-N-R-O-O-T, and Rooted is R-O-O-T-E-D. And so, um, but the the greatest thing I was telling you earlier about how barbershops are, uh, for me, is about community. And so, 
you know, I had been in a barbershop working for years before I built that mobile. And, um, you know, you see the same people in the same faces, man. You become a part of people's lives. Well, the cool thing about the mobile that I didn't think about, because we did research before we did the mobile, you know, we did research to see, okay, is this going to work? We're, we're about to do a, a heavy investment into something. Is it going to work? And so we did research everything from, like, demographic to, you know, um, to where where are men between these ages located? Yeah. And it's, I mean, we did our research. Um, so... One thing that I didn't think about, though, in my research that I think sometimes when you go into things, it's, it's things that you don't expect that, that show, you know, show itself. Well, one of the things is when you're in a brick and mortar like this, I'm kind of bound to this community. Right. Right. This is who I should know. Like if, if anybody's patronizing this business, it should be people in this community. Right. And we should work with one another. Yeah. Well, what the mobile did is it allowed me to reach five different communities. So within that year and a few months, excuse me, we were starting to see the same people in different communities, people that I would have never met that now come here. I mm -hmm. mean, I had a location at Edmond. I had a location on the east side. You know, I, so I had different locations and, and became part of those people's lives and those people's communities, whereas I would have never been able to do that being in one solid location. Yeah. And so that was really cool, man. That was the best, I think, thing that came out of that that mobile um you know, just feelings why that just made me feel good. Yeah, so. yeah. Do you have people working with you on the mobile? I did. I have one. It was just myself and one other gentleman, um, one of my barbers. He's still here, Brian. So Brian took a, a leap of faith. You know, he had just finished barber school and started at the barber shop that I was at. And um, and he seemed kind of interested in it. And so I let, I let him know, like, man, this is going to give you. Because the shop that I was at, it was some really you know, seasoned barbers mm -hmm. in there. Really tough for a new guy to, you know, come in. Um, I think for a new person, like coming into an environment like that, it's good in one hand because, you know, you have seasoned barbers around you that can help you and teach you. You can look, you know, you can look across the room and say, okay, that's what that should look like. And, you know, you can, you know, you could get the experience a little quicker than you would if you were just around a bunch of barbers yeah. that, you know, didn't, it was brand new them, themselves. Um, but on the, on the flip side, you know, your clientele may take a little longer to build because no one wants to go to the new guy. You right. Know? You, you got to slowly get get better. So I told him, you know, um, man, I can kind of give you the best of both, both worlds because I can give you hands-on, one-on-one stuff all the time. And I, my clientele, and so, you know, I wasn't sure what my clientele would do if they would follow me, um, but it worked out really well. I probably only lost a small percentage, you yeah, know, 5% yeah, yeah. of my clientele. I mean, if if that. Um, um, and so it gave him an opportunity for everyone that was coming brand new right. for him to gain, gain his clientele. So Brian took took a leap of faith, man, and um, and he's still, he's still with us now. Yeah. So, yeah, and being in like five communities, I'm assuming that your clientele is very diverse. It is, you know, it is. Um, I think that helped out a lot, too, with that, with the diversity. Um, and now, being at Rooted, that's something that we want. That's something I have with, with my barbers as well. The barbershop I used to work at, it was all brothers and all lovers. We were all black, you know, men of color. And so, not, not even women, you know. And so, 
when I opened up Rooted, that was something I definitely wanted. I was like, man, I want some diversity in here. I want some women in, in here that, you know, because when you look around, you look at social media, man, there's some women out here that are nice with the Clippers. You know, mm -hmm. they are doing their thing. And so I, I wanted that in here. Um, so I have that. Um, and I just I, I just love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Do you have a, like a specific style that you kind of would like say that's like you? That's like your style of barbering, or is it just kind of anything? Um, I think with with rooted, you know, what what we try to do as far as like let's say like with dress, like with the style, I try to have us dress up. You know, I try to motivate my my guys to dress nicer, dress shoes, yeah, nice pants. You know, to to give it more of a professional look. Um, for me, anyway, you know, some some people might not. I, I think when you look at barbershop across the world, um, across the U.S. Um, it's taking like a like a hip hop kind of culture, mm -hmm. you, you know, um, and so. But the culture is just evolving, you know. It's evolving with the time, and so I wanted to take it back to a time to where, like, a lot of times, man, you might walk in here. I'm, I'm in a I'm in a suit, you know. I'm cutting in a in a three piece, you yeah. know. And a lot of my guys, they have their dress shoes. We we have like Friday and Saturday is like our casual day, uh -huh. you know, because I gotta. I, I can't let them dress up all the time. They'll, they'll try to kill me. But, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to take it back to a time when it was it, it hadn't evolved yet. Not to say anything's wrong with you know with guys yeah. that are you know you know dressing differently. But um, I wanted to take it back to a different time when the culture was a, a little different. Um, as far as like haircutting, I would say that I, um, I I'm more like a clipper clipper fade kind of guy, um, ball, you know, ball fades, different fades, different haircuts, um, but mainly like clipper cuts. If I would call it anything, that would probably, you know, yeah. you know, be, be what it is, what it is, so. And you've been, you know, doing this for 11 years, that's, you've pretty much probably seen fashion trends come and go. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to one of the first episodes I did was with Midtown Barbers, was Chad over at Midtown. Okay. Um, over a year ago now and he was saying like you've seen things come and go um, and I asked him the same question I'm going to ask you was favorites that have come and go uh, is there any old timers and then is there any that really just shouldn't have even come out of the closet <laughs> um, that's a good question I would say for me uh, you know in, in, in the barber world um, even with your you know because the the barber game is really segregated, man. Yeah. It, it really is. You have your white barbershops, your black barbershops, your Mexican, Hispanic barbershops, your Asian barbershops. You know, it is, it's still really segregated in a sense. It really is. And that transcends with the styles as well, right? And so you have so many like right now I think barbering is really hot because of the fades because everybody's trying to do a fade and then they've you know they're, they're doing long hair on the top short hair on the sides mm -hmm. and you see it with with you know with the with the you know youth say with like the black youth they're doing like with the locks on the top or the twist on the top uh -huh. still long hair but you know 
phase on the side with the whites and the Hispanics and the Asians. They doing it the same way. They want the tight phase on the sides and they want longer hair, whether that be comb overs yeah. or, you know, wild. But they, but you know, back in the day, you either, you know, had really long hair all over, which some kids are still doing, or you had, you know, sh- really short on, on top, right? With the with the size cut, and so I think you're seeing a a combination of both now. Uh, for me, so you have classic cuts. Um, that's in, uh, and and the reason I kind of expressed about this, you know, segregation uh-huh. because I still see it in in every race. I still see it, you know. So you got your classic black hairstyles, you got your classic white hairstyles, you know, your classic Asians. So that's like a category that's in every group. Yeah. So for me. It would be a my favorite would be a classic. It would be the afro. Okay. And man, a lot of people can't really cut the afro. They can't do it, man. They, it it ain't it ain't how it's supposed to look. You yeah. Know? That's that's a tedious classic cut. You gotta have steady hands. You know, you gotta have steady hands. You gotta have a good eye for that. You that you know I, I've seen so many afros, man that. I just don't know. I don't know what they, <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking, man. I don't know what the vision was. I just don't know. Um, but but uh, I, I could do a mean afro, man. Yeah. If I had, I, I don't think it's too. I I probably say it's it's one guy in this city that can that can outdo me on afro. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe I ain't seen. I ain't really seen too many people that could do an afro like me. So that's my probably favorite cut of all time. And to do, it takes a lot of work. You know, it's it's a true precision clipper cut, and you got to have steady hands. You can't be on drugs trying to do that cut. You can't be shaky, man. (laughs) Um, Let me see. And one that should have probably never... Man, I, I really can't say... I love this industry too much, man. Yeah. I love, I love everything that's. Co- I mean, even if I don't really like it, I can't say that the person shouldn't have done it. Right. You, you, you know, like, man, it's some stuff out here that's like, if you're an individual and that's kind of what you want to do, and that's and you and the barber had your consultation and y'all got the vision down and this is what you want, I say go for it, yeah. man. I say go for it. So it's really not, I don't really have anything out there that I can think of. I have so many haircuts going through my mind right right now and I really can't. Man, it was a lady. I'll tell you, it was a lady um, that did a present that did a presentation for um, my lady. God, I can't think of her name right now. I want to say it was like Mara or something uh-huh. like that, maybe. And um, this was at the conference, and man, she must have had about two different, two three different hairstyles. I'm talking about on one head. She had yeah. she had like a mullet style cut. Then she had like. Bangs that can't, it, it, oh, it was crazy. I was looking at her like, man, that's an insane haircut. Like, and it, t- and I looked at her all day and I was like, damn, that looked good. <laughs> at first, I was like, man, what is going on? Like, what is she doing? But the, the more, and she had her whole, her whole persona was like that. Her whole, the way she dressed, yeah. I mean, she almost looked like a, she almost looked like a jazzy vampire. Like, she had, <laughs> it was dark black. It was funky, man. But, you know, to to see the vision that people can come up with, I think mm-hmm. it's cool. I can't really say that I have one that I would have been like, man, y'all should have never did yeah. that, you know. I wouldn't wear it. 
You know, right. I'll say that. I, I wouldn't wear it, but shoot. I just I love it I love it too much to have to have one I can't even think of one yeah it's yeah. like just a respect of the profession and yeah. then like because it's such a personal thing like if you have it in you then that's how you want to look and that's how you want to walk around and right. it takes a lot even in today's society to walk around with a haircut like the way you just mentioned right. like oh, man. she's happy with who she is yeah, you know? and a lot of people good. would just be like no I'll yeah, just take afraid you know afraid fear, fearful I do like that I, I do like the young people that come up with new ideas and new little things things because sometimes this work man it's, it's like mundane we do yeah. the same thing over and over you know I, I do I probably do 50 of the same haircuts every week on different people. The cool thing is different people, so I kind of got to, you know, um, customize it to them. But it's the same haircut. So when someone comes in here and they're like, man, do something different. I want you to do this. And I'm like, okay. You know, and then I got (laughs) to, and then my creative juices are back going. I said, okay, well, how can I make this look good? So, you know, that that part of the job becomes fun again sometimes where we get complacent and we're doing the same haircuts you know so you get to go back to being an artist exactly yeah Yeah. that's so true so you said earlier you got two little boys two um well they're not little not little anymore (laughs) but do they have any kind of do they want to be in the profession do they do they like coming to work with dad how's that i don't think so man i had my my youngest son was here um uh, working over the summer and you know he he's not too interested maybe my oldest he's, yeah. he's 21 so both my boys so 21 and 17 um, so maybe my oldest may want to I think eventually as as I kind of move away from behind the chair and just try to you know whether it's multiple barbershops or whatever I, I venture in you know into doing I definitely want to leave at least one or two barbershops behind as a legacy that they can run you know they may not have to um you know cut hair and actually yeah, yeah. be a you know hold that title you don't have to be a barber to have a barbershop you know you right. just have to have someone licensed everyone has to be licensed um in the shop so maybe one day they want to take over the business but cutting hair nah i no. think that might just end with with me they're more about the culture I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more about the culture and not not so much the cuts. So. Do they kind of help you, like, guide culture here sometimes with, like, the younger crowd? Yeah, you know, they keep me in the loop, you know. So they keep me in the loop. So they keep me, you know, with the young kids and what the young kids are doing. And it's fun to say, oh, well, we, we did that back in 85. Yeah. We had that hairstyle in 85. This ain't new, you know. So, um, But it's it's good to see little twists and and you know, little changes to, you know, old hairstyles coming back. Um, but yeah, they definitely keep me in the loop with the young people because I'm, I'm getting old, man. I'm yeah. <laughs> so, Been around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's good though. Like it's, you know, it's, it's you, isn't it? Like it's the reason that, you know, you have, you know, the, the part of you that's from Belize and you have all that culture in you and then just the the ability to travel and see all these other different worlds and see these other different styles that just, don't fly here or right. not yet that haven't come here yet that must be really cool to do that yeah and I, I I love you know that's what I love about like um social media you know with with this world man being able to see things that are going on all over the world and it doesn't hurt to travel you know um when I travel I always go in barbershops I'm always looking and see what's you know might be trendy locally in that area 
Um, so it, it really does. But my kids help me, you know, to stay stay in the now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's next? What's kind of future coming up? What do you plan Ooh. on doing for the next, I guess, you know, 10, oh, 15 years of barbering? Oh, man. I, I don't know, Mike, man. I really don't know. I, um... I definitely, I, I don't want to veer away from, from this industry, yeah. you know, whatever that may be. I don't want to get away from this industry. I could tell you being a part of the um, uh, State Barber and Cosmetology Board, um, I play a couple roles on that board. I'm the barber representative, number one. I'm also the chairman for our legislative committee, so I do a lot of like polit- like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, dealing with legislation now, um, having to meet, you know, um, House representatives, senators, things like that. Um, you know, I can't lobby. You know, I can't legally lobby, but um, I'm the um, legislative li- liaisons, and so I'm able to go speak to any politicians. So right now, across the country, we're kind of dealing with uh, some, you know, type of, you know, some form of uh, deregulation to our industry. So across the country, legislators are trying to kind of, you know, water down our industry, man, and, and trying to, whether it be, you know, too many hours um, needed of completion to get your license or requirements. You know, our main thing um, as, as uh, board members in that position is the, is the health and safety of the of, of the, of the um, you know, community. Um, and so, you know, it puts a lot of strain on us because we're trying to make this industry better, make it safer, but at the same time, make it more accessible to people that want to, you know, jump into this industry. Um, so I can kind of see myself going in that direction uh, one way or another um, in the, I don't know if I want to say political realm, yeah. but kind of there. I want to I want to build a couple more barbershops. You know, I would like that. Um, for me, it's about... So, two ways that you... A lot of people do barbershops. You either do, like, a boothering system, you know, where you basically, like, you... I'm, like, all of my barbers are, like, contract workers, yeah, yeah. essentially. Or you do... Um, you do, uh, like, a, like, a commission base. So, the commission base, typically the barbershop owner makes most of the money, right? Yeah. Um, with the booth rent system, typically the barber makes more money. And that's what I that's what I have here. I think if I open other shops, I may change it around. This one will always stay booth rent system, yeah. though, uh, because I, and, and the others may, depending on how well I do. But, you know, um, I want to give my guys an opportunity to make as much money as possible. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I'll go that in uh, with more barbershops. Um, I have my community engagement stuff. You know, I don't know if I'll, you know, try to put more barbershops inside of homeless shelters across the country. I just don't know yet, man. I'm, I'm just... I'm just waiting on the stars to align, yeah. you know. I'm just waiting on the stars to align. I mean, I have my hands in a few things. Um, they all are, you know, has to do with, you know, barbering. In one way or another, yeah. and so I, um, I definitely want to stay in this industry. You know, I don't think I'll ever come out of this industry. Um, so, but I, you know, I can't say for sure. But it'd be something to do with this. You yeah. know, it'd be a, it, it, it'd be a continuation of of this somehow. Yeah. You know, 
So, do you always kind of and a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or or just like kind of thrive and and have always wanted to have their own business and always been into just that one profession. Do you kind of, is this still your hobby? Do you kind of take this home with you as well? Or do you have other things that just kind of like reset the mind, don't think about barbering and kind of go hang out and do other things? Um, nah, man, not, not, not really. I mean, I'm involved with other things, but it's always rooted in, in yeah. barbering. You know, I, I have found a nonprofit called Cut It Forward with my uh, fiance. That's um, She kind of grew up in the foster care world. Uh-huh. And so uh, growing up, you know, for her, it was difficult living with the family. So most, a lot of times, man, you'll have like um, white families that either adopt or foster black kids. And, and that's great. You know, that's that's wonderful. You know, um, but the issue is they don't really know what to do with their hair care or their skincare needs. Right. And so my fiance experienced that firsthand. And so she wanted to do something about it. Um, so we created a nonprofit called Cut It Forward, okay. which we focus on, on those things. Um, that's that's our mission to help you know yeah. you know children of color and their caregivers with their hair care and and, and, and skin care needs. Um, and so we have different programs that come out of that. But even in that, um, I'm, I sit on that board as well, um, and I'm the barber representative in that board. Yeah. You know, and so I always find myself like no matter what I'm doing, it has to do with barbering, with cutting hair. I feel like. You know, it's consumed me in a beautiful way. Right. I mean, and so I don't try to run from it. I don't, you know, I could, you know, I mean, man, I could go do anything, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I could go, I, 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 I'm interested in realty a, a little bit. Um, so the great thing about being an entrepreneur and, you know, being able to do things like set our own schedules that we can have time to do other things. Right. So for me, I would definitely go into like some type of investments as mm-hmm. I get older. A lot of us, we cut hair for 10, 20 years and, and don't put away anything for retirement. Fund. And live that life. Oh, man, we just yeah. out here doing it, you know, and, and living it up. And then we're dealing with cash money every day, you right. know. So we, get, we got cash in our pockets every day. We like local. You know, some of us are like local celebrities, man. Right. You know, really. I mean, because you know, we we stand with the with the best fashions. You know, some of us are driving the nice cars. Um, you know, uh, so you know, local celebrities on one side. I'm, I'm, you know, I broke into my 40s, so I'm 41. So yeah. a lot of that stuff, I leave it for the young guys. Um, but. You know, so I can see myself doing some type of investments or something like that. But I don't think I'll ever leave this alone, man. There's a a gentleman. I can't think of his last name. His name is Anthony. Um, I can't think of his last name. I apologize. He passed away on the 19th. He was 108 years old, still cutting hair. Yeah. In fact, we gave, we, we just... Um, when when I was at my national board meeting, we actually just gave him a um, uh, um, in, inducted him in in, in the uh, Barber Hall of Fame, yeah. and so um, and 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 so um, uh, he he was able to see that bef- before he passed away, yeah. you know. So I called this I called the uh, gentleman that that we work work with that with and he he ensured me that yeah, yeah. He, you know I talked to him before he passed away I'm so awesome. happy to receive that so man I, I you know if I get to make it to 108 that'd yeah. be cool you know um but I uh I don't see myself getting away from this you yeah. know I don't think I always cut hair but I'll always one form and another be involved in this right. industry you it's know? truly a lifestyle 
It is, man. It, yeah. it really is. So. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for the time, mate. It's been awesome coming on your day off and, and share this story, Bruce. It, it, it's really cool. Thank you. Um, anytime, man. Anytime. How do people reach out? How do they get involved? Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, social media, everything is rooted OKC. Um, RootedOKC.com for the website. We have an awesome website, man. My fiance built that that website. She's, she's amazing. Um... Oh, I don't even know our shop number. Let me get you the shop number. I know some some people are still old school mm-hmm. and they like to just call. But on the website, on the website, you can book your appointments. Okay. Um, you can check out everyone's bio, get to know some of the barbers before you come. But if you want to call, it's 405-601-0154. Um, and again, I'm Bruce Waite. And I appreciate it, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll post all the links below. And yeah, definitely come in and check this place out. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.